talk about Dana today, how he promotes the UFC, and how he breaks the rules, and that's why the UFC it is what it is. And I'm breaking the rules, 42 years old, and I'm gonna keep breaking those rules. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Jimmy! We're just jumping in. Sorry, I'm coughing. Oh. I have, I have, I have a, a, bit of the, uh, a bit of the plague. My sick little buddy. What is the matter? I'm fine. I got COVID, so I'm, I'm okay. Do you? Yes, I'm fine. It's a bit of a scratchy throat. Um, and the, a very after I sleep, I cough a little just because I think it's head congestion, but my chest is fine. Um, and I just get very stuffy when I sleep, but I'm totally fine. My voice is a little scratchy. Well, if you feel too sick to even eat, I'll come over there like a, and I'll feed you like a, a, a like a mother bird feeds its little 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 uh, little bird baby, and I'll come over Sorry, Jim, Jimmy, it's gonna be a great show. No, I was hoping that I would actually lose my appetite. I was like, this is gonna be great because I'm such a fat fuck. I'll drop 10 pounds. But um, you know what? I enjoy eating when I have COVID. Um, oh, that's not good. Jimmy, that's not good. You feed a, you know, you, you feed a cold, you starve a fever. I don't I have don't a fever. What? I don't have a fever at all. I'm not warm at all. Ah, then go ahead, pig out, make it a party. Yeah, yeah I don't feel, I had, I had false negatives. Um, and if I didn't get a PCR test and get like a positive, I wouldn't still wouldn't think I had it. I would just think like, ah, you got a little head cold. It's nothing. Wow. Yeah. Very, very mild. It looks like you're surviving though. Yeah. I'm Eddie, fine. Did you know we got Ronan Rubenstein on today? Yes. Ronan's and uh, he's on, uh, uh, Lone Star on Fox. He was in Orange is the New Black. The light heavyweight champ is also here. Glover Teixeira. What? We'll be here in about a half hour. Yeah. I'm very psyched about Glover. The light heavyweight champ. This is so exciting. We should get right to it. Is anybody here yet? Uh, Ronan is in. Let's get Ronan. Let's find out about this actor, writer, director. Ronan Rubenstein. What's up, Ronan? What up, fellas? Doing good. How's that? What are you drinking? I'm just drinking vegetable juice. Open up our drinks. What are you drinking? Just good old iced coffee. Oh, okay. I like my, you know, I never got into the whole iced coffee thing. I like my, my espresso, my coffee hot. Hot, like my wife. <laughs> you like that shit cold, huh? Yeah, very much. All right, we like to we like to ask you yeah. tough questions here on Unfiltered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what kind of beverages do you like? Yeah, we really are shit interviewers. Now, uh, <laughs> Ronan, you're uh, I, I know you're on uh, Lone Star on uh, on Fox. Have you been on uh, every uh, episode, or is this a, a new uh, thing? I, I'm very very pop culture ignorant. No, I've been uh, I've been on every season. I'm. Uh, very fortunately, one of the leads on the show. So I've been there since day one. Um, me and Rob sort of started off the show as a father and son storyline. We came from New York to Austin to start up a new firehouse. And and now we just premiered to number one. Oh, great. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. Congratulations. How many seasons has this been on for? Th- this is the third season. This is third and then and then the OG, which is called 911, they um they're on their fifth season. 
So the show has legs. You it's stay busy. Interesting with these. Um, and Jimmy, you've done them before. With any new series you get into, you're like, oh, this could be. I guess the hope is that it just keeps getting renewed and renewed and renewed. You yeah. Man, for those people, one and done. Because I just got into that Cowboy Bebop, and all of a sudden I find out it's canceled. Jimmy, don't yeah. Jimmy, no, it's it's a live action. Hard to imagine. It's a lot. I had a show. I had a show in 2016, man. It was, you know, it really, it really grounds you. We got a uh, immediate series pickup. That means we had 10 episodes guaranteed and we shot one season and we got canceled immediately. And that would really teach you like, yeah, really, you know, make sure that, you know, this isn't guaranteed and, you know, to spend your money wisely and to, you know, and, and to make the most out of your opportunities. Cause we thought, you know, this thing was going to go on forever and, it definitely did not. So don't they was, say don't buy a house till season two or something like that? Which is what I did. So fuck yeah. <laughs> and you're a young. You, uh, how old are you? I'm 28. 28. So you're a young guy. That first, um, that first uh, season you did of what was it called? The one that didn't last. It was called Dead of Summer. Dead Summer. Dead of Summer. Oh, Dead of Summer. Yeah. All right. Now that got picked up. How old were you? You were you were young, I'm sure. I was 20, 22, 22 or 23. Now, did it almost feel like things were coming like too easy for you? Did you like, oh man, this acting thing? How long were you in acting for? Were you in it for a long time? This is my 10th year. So it's definitely not, I definitely wouldn't call it easy. It's definitely been a grind. Um if you look, if you look on paper, a lot of people might think like, "Oh, things have been really smooth for this kid, and everything's been sort of happening." But it's a fucking grind to to get to each one of those gigs. Um, but you know, I was very fortunate, dude. Like my first gig ever, my my on screen uh, partner was James Caan from The Godfather. So like, oh wow! So from the moment I started, you know, I was thrown into it quickly, and then. My first feature movie went to Sundance and I was 19 years old and had no idea what the fuck was going on. And then my first TV show, I did one episode was Orange is the New Black. So it's like on paper, I got thrown into it pretty hard. Um, but then, you know, in between those jobs, like nobody knows about how difficult it is and how many times you get rejected, and how many times you're running out of money and you need somewhere to live. And, you know, it's I think the hardest thing is how do you keep going when you're hearing a hundred no's, you know, and it's like, you got to get to that place where you just get that one. Yes. And it's a, it's a difficult place to be in. What was the James Con? It's funny. I just watched misery yesterday. Um, what, what was the James Con thing you did? It was called detachment. And it was, uh, it was directed by Tony K who did American history X. So yes. Like super crazy eccentric director. And it's yes, my first is. day on a, a set ever. Um, so that was great. And then the lead is like Adrian Brody and like Brian Cranston was in it. And like, it was an insane cast. And, uh, so it definitely was a good way to start. Cause it's sort of, you know, it put me in a place of like, Oh, this shit is serious. Like this is not some student film or something, you know, you, you got started at like 12 years old, correct? 17. Oh, but you, oh, 17, you got started. I thought you were doing it for 10 years at 20. He's no, he's 28, 28. Now. Right. I'm way fucking off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen to me. Anyway, this is your most important instrument right here. Uh, so, so you started at 17. Yeah. Now, when that first um, series that didn't get picked up again, The Dead of Summer, like when that failed, were you just like fucking crushed? Or were you just like, what were your hopes for that thing? 
Well, you know, since this is UFC unfiltered, uh, I was very relieved. Yeah, the show was pretty awful, and, and we knew. Like, I can, I can, I can honestly say that. Like, you, you know, when you're making some good content, and when you're not. Um, yeah. I, I think we knew by like episode three uh. that it was pretty shit, um, and, <laughs> and and it's and it, that's not to take away from the writing. I think we just had a lot of limitations from the studios of what what we could show and what we can't show, and you know, it was like a 1980s summer camp with a bunch of like hot college counselors and like we couldn't be seen drinking we couldn't be seen smoking cigarettes you know like we were super limited in like making the 80s authentic and i think that's where um we ran into a lot of um a lot of blocks but i was relieved because i wanted to be on something that was like fulfilling as an actor and fulfilling for people to watch so i, I was almost excited to be a free agent is there anything worse than emasculated writing? Like when you have something like that and you're like, these guys would be fucking dra-. It's almost like I, I love Billy Bob Thornton. But when they redid the Bad News Bears, the fact that they took out certain drinking and driving with the kids in the car, that was kind of what made fucking uh, Walter Matthau's character likable is that he was this kind of mess. And you don't need to change it to contemporary acceptability. Uh, and they do that with stuff. And it, there's nothing worse, I think for a performer that when you see a script and you're like, this rings like some asshole in a writer's room thinks it's comfortable. This doesn't ring real at all. Yeah. I mean, you can't really have the eighties without drinking and smoking cigarettes. Right. Ah, shit, man. And bringing up that, that movie, the, the remake of the bad news bears. Yeah. I love the original. And I prefer the new one that came out with Billy Bob Thornton. That came out after bad Santa. So right. Bad Santa was fucking great. I yeah. never watched the sequel. I couldn't even get into it. But the original was fucking raunchy, and it was yeah, it was, it was great. It was just politically incorrect. It was awful. It was awful, awesome, I should say. But uh, that other one was so awful. They have they're, they're celebrating. They have the non-alcoholic beers. It takes away from everything. Yeah, you know? I love the original, man. The, the kids were just little shits and. The little one wants to fight everybody and I Tanner Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. When you do a movie, Ronan, don't you think you were a, a script? You shouldn't do it where everyone can just comfortably explain to their bosses why the characters are doing it. It's almost like you don't need to explain. Well, that's not an alcoholic beer. Like the thing it's, a, it's okay to fake real beer. You can fake that you're drinking real beer when you're a kid. That's part of being in a movie. Yeah, of course. It's just the fact that, you know, we wouldn't even get the chance to show it, you know, whether it was fake beer or not fake beer. Do you really watch fights every week? Dude, I'm obsessed, man. I've, uh, I, I started off and Matt, I'm very sorry. I had to wear this today. Oh my goodness. I didn't even realize that. That listen, listen, if it was a, if it was a, a Frank Trigger, Matt, (laughs) I'd fucking, I, I bounce you right out of you. But George St. Pierre is a great guy. So I love that. I'll wear a George St. Pierre short shirt. So I, I was very much introduced to the sport around your time, around around George's time, Matt Hughes. Like that's when I was, as a kid, introduced to the sport. So I was very, very lucky. You know, it was sort of like the yeah. sport. And then I sort of fell off after he retired. And then dude, the last like couple of years with like the resurgence of like Usman and and I mean, dudes like Hamzat, like, dude, I feel like the sport is at a new high, man. And I'm just, every single Saturday I'm watching. I'm even watching prelims, dude, because you never know. Like, prelims have had yeah. some fights too. 
I, that was the best part of COVID was the fact that UFC really didn't seem to miss a beat. And it was, it felt like a point, it was every weekend they had really good fights. And um, I very quickly got used to watching with just a black background and no audience. It was like, uh, you know, I, I didn't care that much. Like I just, the, the, the fights every weekend, I got very, very used to. There's nothing like hearing a Francis and Ganu punch with no crowd. That shit oh. is gnarly, dude. Yeah. Now, do you, you do any training or no? You're a young guy. No, I've never really trained. I mean, I grew up street fighting, so maybe that's sort of like why I, you know, sort of went to that sport. Um, you know, I, I came from like a rough part of Staten Island, so it's like, you know, fighting was sort of just part of it. You're an East Coast guy. Yeah, very much so, yeah. You have family back there in Staten Island or no? Yeah, so all my closest homies that I grew up with, everybody's still there. My parents actually just moved to upstate. Um, and then um, you put everybody I grew up with still there. All right, man. I got a buddy, Joe Capizzi, Henzo Gracie, Henzo Gracie Black Belt. Wait, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's over there at Staten Island. I'm right in Long Island. You, I'll tell you right now, you should try jujitsu. You know what I mean? You should give that a try. Uh, a castmate of mine, he he does jujitsu. And I mean, it's it's incredible, dude. Sometimes in between takes, he'll be like, sparring with our castmate and they're just like yeah. grappling and then they're like all right rolling action oh, that's fucking awesome. he just loves it yeah now when you are are you still in Staten? like you still have a lot of roots in staten island or do you not go back that much anymore i haven't been back man dude the last time i've been back was for season one when we shot in new york for a week um because our characters are from new york so we shot in new york for one week we shot in times square Literally day one of Lone Star was Times Square on the H&M skyscraper. It was insane. Um, and that was, the, that was the last time I was there. Do you miss it or are you happy to kind of be in a new environment? Uh, I always miss it. I miss all the people I grew up with, like all the homies. And I'm going to go back as soon as we finish shooting season three. Oh, okay. Because um, we'll be done in like May. And that's like a perfect time to be in New York. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely miss it. Um, but I love living in Los Angeles. I'm also outside of the city. You know, I'm very much tucked away and in a nice, peaceful, quiet area. So um, I, I definitely enjoy that. There was nothing worse. If I would have a gig, I would, I would be in, uh, I lived in Jersey for a lot of my life. And then driving, if I had gigs in like Brooklyn or in Long Island, and you'd have to take the West Shore Expressway or the, ah, oh, that fucking going through that, through Staten Island. Is it's literally the worst traffic on earth. It's better now because they have all easy pass and the and the bridge tolls are gone. But there was really nothing worse than driving through Staten Island. It, it was a terrible, terrible place. I, I always tell actors, especially actors that have never left LA, I was like, try auditioning. I'll give you one month. Try auditioning in Manhattan while living in Staten Island in the yep. winter. You won't make it. You won't make it. I don't know how. <laughs> It took me nearly two hours of public transportation every single day just to get to an audition that could last honestly 30 seconds. And then you have to do the whole trek back walking in ins insane snowstorms. And I always tell them that like, you guys got it so good with your yeah. air conditioned cars and your perfect weather. I was like, I, I, I challenge you to do a month in New York auditioning. It'll definitely, it'll definitely it'll toughen you the fuck up. You would take the ferry. I take bus to the train to the ferry. And then train again when, when you're in the city. It was insane. Do you know what was surprisingly good was the king of Staten Island with uh, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that movie? I saw it. Yeah. I was, uh, I mean, look, I don't think he's the 
best dramatic actor. I think that it was a lot to sort of lay on him because he's just, you know, he's a, he's a comedian. He's a sketch comedian um, and a stand-up comedian. And he's brilliant at that. But I think there was some really heavy dramatic stuff that, you know, I, I think a different actor could have been more capable. But I sort of like how they portrayed Staten Island was very truthful. And, and I think Bill Burr sort of stole the show for me. He's like, like Bill Burr's character is all my friends' dads. Like they're all firefighters. And I, I know that guy very well. Um, but I mean, at least Pete is trying, you know, at least he's trying to stretch his, his craft. You know, I, you can't, you can't knock him for that. And that is Bill Burr too. Just a, a quick temper. That's exactly Bill Burr. If, you, just, if he lived with a mustache, just the desire to, to get annoyed at somebody and throw him on the fucking ground in the backyard. It was very, uh, it was a very good casting job getting Bill to play an angry fireman. He's good in everything. Yeah, he is. He is. He's great. He's a great. Comic Yo, too. fellas, are we going to talk about this heavyweight fucking fight? coming up yeah 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 Come on, ronan. everyone by the way ronan everyone is taking cyril gone i am not taking cyril gone uh who do, you, who do you have in that fight i'm taking cyril gone okay everyone oh, hey there we go there we go jimmy i'm not alone in this no you're not everyone's taking cyril no i think cyril gone and matt you can call out bullshit if if you need to because you know you know better than anybody but i feel like cyril gone is like a heavyweight gsp uh, interesting. Now, heavyweight GSP in what in what sense? In what sense? Fighting style, body style, speed, legs. I feel like he has more advantages than than Francis. Well, I uh, the GSP comparison's a little a little weird in a sense where GSP is very good at the they would call it the art of the shoot box. Yeah, it's, it's a fancy way of saying getting the fight to the floor. He uh, He's good with his, his jabs. He's good at staying long. And then when it's time to change levels and drive you across the mat to the fucking cage or, to the, or just a straight-up takedown, he's so explosive. His, his feet to floor is, and, his, and his, his ability to control the range. The, he doesn't really get into those in, in staying in the pocket since he fought Mace. And, and he learned from that. And so... Um, uh, Cyril Gunn is more for a big guy, he's more light on his feet and floaty. You don't see him really shooting the takedowns, I believe, are there too. But he's more, I'm not going to say like a Wonder Boy Thompson, but he's more of a for a heavy guy, for a big uh, heavyweight, he's more along those lines. Like, you don't see guys bouncing on their feet like that at heavyweight. I, I just, mean, I just keep envisioning a leg kick to the head. I, I think, I think it's going to connect. <laughs> What round do you think? How far? How long do you think the fight goes? Three rounds. Okay. Yeah, I think Francis is going to realize he can't really do much on him because of his speed, and I think Francis is just not going to expect a kick to the head. You know, it's funny with Francis too. The only thing I think that could hurt him is is has again. I'm only following him on social media, so I don't know. But is he? I'm sure he's training hard for God, but you haven't seen him train. You see him like he's away a lot. He's doing all this other stuff. So that's your, like, did being champion and the good life change anything? If it didn't, I absolutely am going with uh, Nganu. I think he's adjusted really well uh, from the first Stipe fight to the second Stipe fight. Um, you know, a, a great boxer like uh, uh, JDS he was able to beat, a great uh, wrestler like Cain Velasquez. Anybody who thinks they're going to throw something at him, um, I'd love to see him get that Derek Lewis fight back. But everyone has taken Cyril Ghan. I, I say Nganu is going to win um, in the second or third round. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
it makes sense. I just, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle his speed. His, he's going to, Cyril is going to have to keep his distance. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if he doesn't, then he's fucked. And he knows that. He knows that. Yeah, but on the feet, you know, when you want to hurt somebody, you're always going to be there to get hurt. You know what I mean? So it, it's the one punch factor where, you know, Cyril, not that he punches light, I'm sure, but does he hit the effect of uh does he hit as hard as francis i don't, I don't think no. so no he doesn't well, you know he could you know he could land five compared to francis can land one that could end it so i feel the longer it goes the better it is for Cyrogon. and uh i think he's gonna look to just play smart that first couple of rounds maybe pepper the legs get in and out in and out movement strike when he can clinch him up when he he a submission is there is there is there a world where where Cyril wins with a submission? Oh, Val, is it a hundred percent? I think that's one of the. I mean, listen, how many heavyweights you see lay down with a heel hook? I mean, he laid down and he finished. Uh, I forgot who it was with a um, with a straight up heel hook. So he, he's he's doing he's using jujitsu, and I don't know. I mean, he's very very the way he fought the uh, Derek Lewis was just very just poised. I mean, how many, how many times did he get hit in that fight? Oh, not a lot. And they both beat they both beat great fighters. Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking over at Cyril's record now. Volkov, of course, they've both beaten Rosenstrike, um, and they've yes. both both beaten JDS. But uh, yeah, Francis can afford. It seems like Francis can afford to make a mistake. Like you know, again, when he beat uh, uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike, he didn't look great going in. It was kind of like one of those blitzkrieg things. Uh, he looked a little sloppy, but it didn't matter because once he connects, you're finished. It's very hard to to withstand a few shots by him uh, to hope he makes a mistake. I just noticed Francis could probably get away with a couple of mistakes because he hit so hard. Hey, I got one for you there, Rodin and Jimmy. There's been little rumors going on in the little rumor mill that uh, Dustin Poirier might be scrapping with Nate Diaz. I don't know how true it is. There's uh, Dustin saying he's trying to – he might be taking a, a, um, a fight on uh, – on kind of short notice, like six weeks out, and he would only do it in this instance. So there's a lot of people saying that that's Nate Diaz. I don't know. But let's talk about that fight. If that fight was to happen. He said himself, right? I watched his interview the week after he lost, right? He said the only person that could get him excited to get up and train right now is Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz, not for nothing, has sort of turned into a walking punching bag. So I think for Dustin... It could be not an easy win, but almost the very, very sure, sure win. Um, oh my goodness, shame! <laughs> walking punching I think, bag. I think. Go ahead, Rubenstein. Go ahead, Rubenstein. A walking punching bag. How dare you, kid? Um, Look what Leon did to him, dude. Yeah, yeah, but yet the only thing people remember is when he had him out on his feet when he landed that right hand in the fifth round. And that's not true, fighter fans. I think the, the ones that can only pay attention to that last hit in the fifth round. I think if you look at the first four rounds, Leon pieced him up. He did everything he wanted with him, and it was very much uh, a walking punching bag. I think Nate Diaz. If it is Dustin Poirier, I think he's going to train harder than he's ever trained. But I think Dustin wins, man. So one would look at that fight with with, with Leon and uh, and Nate, and yes, Nate lost that fight. There's no way you can say he won that fight. But it's funny when you hear Nate talk about it. Nate's like, "Yo, if that was in the street, that's a wrap. <laughs> if this is a fight to the death, it's game over. He was done. You know what I mean? So look, 
Does that mean, what does that hold? And as far as who gets the winner's purse, who gets the hand raise? Not a lot. But it shows you the mentality of the uh, of Nate Diaz and the Diaz brothers. And that's what people love about him. And that's what people take out of that fight. Okay, you beat him, but did you really beat him? If you guys were locked into somewhere and, and this fucking, that's how the fight ended? Because, I mean, dude, he was... He was doing the fucking shaky leg. He was there. So, I mean, that's what people take out of it. So, hey, it is what it is. My thing is, styles make fights. Dustin Poirier, when's the last time he's been bested on his feet before? besides that first Conor fight? When? I mean, he hasn't, you know. Even guys like Max Holloway, they call, who's been calling himself the best boxer, and Max Holloway, we all love him. You look at that fight, which it was closer than I think people remember. But Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier, look at that fight. So I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's such an intriguing fight because Nate Diaz, people t- tend to they tend to shit on him. The guy, you talk about a guy who came back after a layoff and beat Anthony Pettis. I mean, sound, you know what I mean? So it's like people forget about some of these fights. Cowboy Cerrone, what he did there. I don't know. I think it's a fucking fantastic fight. It's a fantastic and, fight, yeah. Fantastic. I, I don't think Nate. Uh, he might not have he'd be as sharp as he was a couple of years ago. But the thing that was about, great about Leon Edwards' fight was that he, even though I thought he very thoroughly lost that fight, even in the fifth round, he's still dangerous. Like, so you want to watch this guy fight because even if he's losing on points and there's three minutes left in the fifth round or the third round, whatever the fight goes, he's still a really dangerous guy. Like, there's never an easy win. Um, and I think it was a doctor stoppage. Uh, when he lost to uh, the, the fight before that, which was Masvidal, uh, yeah. yeah. So he's he never quits, and he's always uh, dangerous. Yeah, but I, I think that Poirier wins. Here's my thing. Dustin Poirier's punching power, I think, blows out uh, Leon Edwards' punching power. So if Dustin's landing the same shots on Nate that Leon was, I think Nate is in way more trouble. You know, And he's either getting knocked out or another stoppage because – Dustin's power is insane, and we've seen that. I would take Poirier in that fight. I definitely would take Poirier. But Nate, I don't think Nate is ever an easy win. And um, I don't know. He just, when it seems like he's looking bad, like he didn't look great in the Leon Edwards fight, and then like, like Matt said in that fifth round, all of a sudden you realize, I mean, yeah, he, I, that didn't mean much to me. If you look great in one round, you still lost the fight. But he's still dangerous. Even, even how, do you guys, how do you guys feel about Leon, man? I'm so on the fence about I want to like him so badly. I, I love him. I just want to see. I just want to see him in a title fight, man. He's done everything. A title fight, or listen, you know, I don't condone street fighting, but hey, who wouldn't want to see him fight Jorge Masvidal yeah. after that after that three piece and soda incident? You know what I mean? It is what. Hey, I not only that, I think the guy deserves a little deserves re- it. revenge. You're not going to smack the guy in the street. We're all professionals. We're trying to keep it nice. Set that fight up, and it was set up, and then. And then Masvidal got hurt, I believe, right? Is that right? Yeah. I think so. So, you know, I mean, a, a title shot, which he definitely is deserving of, or a rematch with uh, – with Ma- uh, not rematch, a fight with Masvidal. First one wasn't a fight. It was a- I think he deserves a title fight. I mean, he's had some bad luck too, man. Like, Our he's luck. had uh, so many <laughs> fights uh, that were scheduled, and, he, you know, he got COVID or someone else got COVID. There was just a travel problem, and someone dropped out. He's had so many fucking bad luck fights. But Leon's problem is that Leon is a nice guy, and he's a quiet guy, and he, he's not Colby Covington as far as 
you know, uh, selling tickets with, with, with uh, stuff before the fight. He's not going to make you hate him enough to pay to fight. You, you, if you like Leon, you watch him fight. But no one's going to watch Leon because they hate him because he's a nice guy. He's so, a very clean fighter. There's nothing, you know, he's not a showman. There's nothing right. like extraordinary that happens in the fights. He's very clean and meticulous. And, uh, you know, he's, but I want to see him versus Usman, dude. Yeah, I do too, very much. Jimmy, he's almost like the Lennox Lewis of fucking, like Lennox yeah. Lewis was like, he was great, but he's just yeah. like, everybody's like, ah, we like Tyson, even though he beat Tyson. Tyson's all fucking problematic and he's got issues and he's fucking going yeah. off and he's not threatening reporters one second, getting face tattoos. The other guy's living a great life, like a clean life and beating everybody. I don't know. Because even when Leon tries to talk shit, man, he's so soft-spoken and you're just like, oh, he's so gentle. Yeah. No, I, I can't. He's going to get, get his due. I hope you know? so. Sure. I, I love I hope I have his next fight against Kamaru. I, I think it's fair. I think it's a great fight. Uh, Usman's the last guy to beat him. Um, and I, I really think that uh, he deserves that. And, and I think that's a great fight. And if I was Kamaru, I mean, Kamaru's not going to duck anybody. Um, but I mean, again, Leon is just, there's only, there's only a, a, a disadvantage to fighting Leon. Like, you know, risk reward. Like if you fight a guy like, uh, who's going to break, like Colby's a high risk reward because even though, um, he's hated, he brings in a lot of tickets. So if you lose to him, it sucks, but he's also going to bring you a lot of pay-per-view money with Leon. I think it's only risk. I don't think there's much reward to fight him. I got a question for you guys. Cause I have this conversation with the homies all the time is Kamaru the greatest welterweight of all time, or is he just the greatest welterweight of this generation? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, listen, it sounds funny, but I, I think St. Pierre is a fucking problem for everybody. Just because the way he fights, I think he's very good. And I know you could be like, well, who's taking down Camaro? Even though I don't think Kobe got credit for it, but he did take him down at least once, didn't control it. Look, him. It sure looked like a takedown. Sorry? It sure looked like a takedown. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was. It was, like, as far as getting taken down. But George's, George's game plan, once he started fighting the way he started fighting, after, after I, 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 it sounds weird. I'm, if it was somebody else, I'd say it was somebody else. But after I beat him, and listen, he used that game plan versus me, beat my ass in the rematch. He's very, I don't know, he's got such a unique style, and nobody was ever able to stop it, uh, you know, since he started fighting like that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So he's no longer exchanging. He's so, I don't know. His style, him versus a, a prime CPA versus Usman would be. I was just talking, I was just talking about that this morning. I think that would be the greatest fight of all time. I think St. Pierre would take him. Cause it's also like, I, it's sort of like the conversation with like, you know, Kobe and LeBron. And I've been a diehard Kobe fan since I was like a little kid. And it's like, Look at St. Pierre's competition, you know, compared to Usman. Like, I don't think Usman has ever fought someone like a Matt Hughes. I'm sorry, but uh, that's, that's just my opinion. I mean, he did stop uh, Gilbert Burns, Masvidal, Covington twice. Um, and also, I might have to go with GSP right now because GSP, I think, had 10 consecutive title defenses, unless I'm crazy. And that was after you, Matt. I'm sorry, but Matt Hughes was a fucking monster. And all, but uh, but uh, yeah, oh, back in the day, Matt Hughes was a beast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, but but also Kamaru has fought some uh, good fighters, but he's only had five defenses so far, which I think GSP has had ten. So right now, you might have to give it to GSP just because of how how dominant you have to be to defend the title ten fucking times when everybody you're the target, like everybody's looking at you, and uh, he still came in and, and he defended it all this time. So 
I would have to say GSP for now, but we'll see what Kamaru does in the next few fights. And then he comes back and wins the middleweight title. I mean, I mean, listen, listen. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, man. Are you, are you guys, are you guys on the Hamzat train? I like, oh, I think Hamzat's a hundred percent a beast. I mean, I, I mean, how could you not be? I, I, I mean, not only that, I, I like this grass. I saw his grappling match with, with uh, the Joker, uh, uh, Manson. Manson. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, so many fighters, but, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, his takedowns, holy shit. And then look, I mean, he put Gerald Mushat to sleep. I mean, he's just, dude, he's a, he's a total beast. I wanted to see him tested. You think there's a fight waiting for him or is it just fucking impossible right now? I think Neil Magny was always speaking up like, ah, my hand, he has his hand raised like the kid in class. Right. Get called. That would be interesting because Neil Magny does rise to the occasion and deal with a very well-rounded guy. And I think that'd be the best guy he's fought. I mean, yeah, at 170, that'd be interesting. I, I'd like to see that. Oh, shit, the champ ready. We got Glover in the room. Yeah, Rodden, uh, we got to let you go, but uh, we really appreciate it. You're fun to talk to, man. I'm really, it's so good we have a guy on who loves the fights and is passionate about the fights as well, man. Thank you, guys. This is amazing, man. I've been watching you guys for a while, and you got the coolest fighters on, so thank you very much. And, Matt, it was an honor to be able to talk to you, man. I've been watching you since I was little, man. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And let's, let's plug your show, too. Yes. So 911 Love Star on Mondays. We just premiered this past Monday. We are now the number one show on Mondays, uh, and it's uh, on Fox at 8 p.m. Fuck yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, good talking to you, Ronan. We'll talk to you again. Robin, uh, Ronan Renesim. Thank you very much, buddy. Take care, Ronan. What's up, guys? The champion. What's going on? Hey, hey, Glover, Jimmy just brought up the book of Boba Fett to me. That's that Star Wars stuff. You don't watch that, do you? You're a grown ass man. Uh, no, I never I never got into it. I, I watched some uh you know I know a lot about um because I watch a family guy, so those guys always make fun of our <laughs> Star Wars, but like uh yeah, some people love it, huh? I'm a Star yeah, Wars some, geek, I can't help people. it. Some people got to get a life. Listen, you like Family Guy. I, that's something to talk about. Now, do you like Family Guy better than The Simpsons? The Simpsons? Yeah, no, I do like Family Guy better, yeah. Me too. I like them both, though. I like them both. But, you know, Family Guy, just I just, I start watching when I, uh, when I used to leave at Chuck's house. Because, uh, you down. know, Chuck and Tony and all those guys. Um, that was 2006. Mm. That's when I first started. And, uh, you know, uh, we start liking the characters, you know, like uh, Stewie, Brian, it's funny as hell, man. <laughs> it is funny. It's hard, hard, um, you know, it was, it was hard for me to get in the beginning because they, they have some hard, like, comedy, man. They go at it, you know. They don't hold back. Yeah, I know. It's a little, it's sometimes it can be dirty. Jimmy, I'm surprised you don't like it. No, I don't like dirty humor. Um, You're like a little quagmire. <laughs> Yeah, By the yeah, way, yeah. we, we got to congratulate you, man. I mean, congratulations. On, and what I, th I think was such an incredible moment, and everybody agree what an incredible moment it was, uh, you winning the belt. I mean, just, you know, congratulate. You have to be feeling, you know, amazing. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, it, was, it, it is amazing, man. It's like, uh, you know, work hard. I mean, you, you know, Matt, you know, they, 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 we work hard. You go over there, man. You, things happen. 
you you got what you work for you know it's um it's a i don't know it's accomplishment you know that like uh the whole goal is to be a world champion and uh is that music um it's a country music that say i am i'm not as good as i was once but once i was good that i i never been you know uh to, to be kate to be kate the country guy i like that though yeah 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 you know i, I i'm not a yeah not as good as i was once but once i was you know, the best, the good as I ever been, you know? So it's that thing like, you know, right now is like a good fighter, you know, in this, but like uh, you get to that point that like, you know, you become a world champion, you know, it's like, it's a thing forever, you know what I mean? It's a thing that, it doesn't like, you know, like I say, like people say, I think, I still think uh, Dustin Poirier is going to be a champion someday because he's too young, he's still going for but like, uh, you know, like he's saying the thing, even if I don't get the belt, it's not going to be all wasted because, you know, the career, uh, uh, the money that he made, the life that he changed, you know, he changed life, man. And, uh, and the fighter that he is, you know what I mean? The champion, we always like, as a fighter, we always going to respect him. You know what I mean, Matt? It's like, uh, it's now, a belt doesn't mean like what a hell of a fighter that he is. You know what I mean? But you're going to get the belt, it's, you know, something that you see forever. You know, hey, man, once I was the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll tell you, the way it, your, your, your journey, though, that's what makes it so special, you know. Not even the fact that you're, you know, 40, 42, but, like, it gives people, like, it's, it's inspiring. And it was myself and Jimmy's, we did the top moments of, of the year, you were our top moment, man. You winning that belt, you know, in, in a year with a lot of stuff. You know, everybody's talking, oh, uh, this one beating this guy. That Dude, champion of the world with some ups and downs. But look at you now, top of the world, Glover. So great, man. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, a lot of people been saying, that, you know, as me, as a fighter, you know, I just wanted to be a champion. You know, I, I, I say to myself, I got to train hard. You know, uh, this is my last chance for the belt. You know, I say that before the interview a bunch of times. We never know uh, uh, life because uh, when I got in UFC, you know, when I was talking to Dana White, uh, people saying I was like uh, poking him because I was excited because I got called to fight in UFC in 2004. Not to fight in UFC, but to, to, to uh, join Ultimate Fighter. 2005, 2004, I did the tryouts, right? So 2005, that's when my green card situation come into place and say, hey, man, you don't have a green card. We wanted to get you in a show, but you need a social security number or a work visa. So that's what I was talking about. But 2005, you go back in 2012, that's seven years later when I got in UFC. And, and you know, after UFC, you know, like you say, ups and downs, it's just like... Um, you know, keep grinding, man. Keep going. You know, it doesn't matter like what comes to you. What's uh, what's gonna drag you down is just like that. Believe it. You know, I say, man. I know how good I am because of training. You know, you know what I mean. You go in the, uh, with all the gyms. You train with the champ. I train with the champ forever. I train with champions like size. I was um, twenty four years old. Training with Chuck. You know, and then I went there. I trained with Junior dos Santos, uh, Lioto Machida. You know, all those guys, there was a champ at the time. And I know 
how good I am. You know, I know like, hey, man, you know, I'm not talking about I'm beating these guys or beating that guy. I know how good I was in the gym, how good I am a fighter. And it's the little details that is making a fight, you know. To Did be honest, I, I feel like some of the fights that I lost, you know, it's like, I, 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 you know, I come home, I was like, damn it, man, I, I stupid, how stupid, I did it again, you know, I overtrained, I did this again, I over, I, I, I was overweight, stuff like that, there, you go on and, and you fix it and you believe and you keep going, you know. That's kind of what I was going to ask you, because at one point uh, you had lost three out of five, no, it was just win-loss, win-loss. And then you all of a sudden won six straight. Five of those are, are submissions. Did, did something? Did you do something differently after that Corey Anderson loss? Because it's it's crazy how what the run you have been on in, in the last six fights. Yeah, I mean after you know Gustafsson, Anthony Johnson, I did, I did a, a little bit of a changing, you know, uh, going in and out. But like when I, when I come to Corey Anderson, the the way I got fired. In the beginning of the rounds, you know, I'm not I'm taking anything away from, from Koreans. Just the way I got tired in the beginning of the, the fight, uh, my, my muscles got tired. Not my, my, my lung was good, but my muscles got really tired. My leg, I couldn't, I couldn't get up, you know, because uh, I think it was overtraining or too much weight to cut and, you know, doing all the stuff. So I stopped focused 100%. I say, man, this what I want. I got one more shot at that time. I got one more... Um, I, I'm going to keep doing the best that I can. And to be, do the best that I can, I have to not live the way I want to live. You know what I mean? Like, not going out and hang out. I like barbecue, man. I like the, I like, you know me. You know, you know, Matt. You know, we've been around. Yeah. We've been around. I think we have a couple of drinks in Vegas before. You know? <laughs> hey, we like to have a good time. But yeah. you you have to be a little, get yourself um, in not in your comfort zone. You got to be a little uncomfortable in training camp. Yes, you know? yes, exactly. Get out of your comfort zone, you know, and uh, say no to things and focus what do you want. Is This is going to help me. I tell the, the kids all the time in my gym, what is going is, is what I'm doing is going to help me to be a champion. There's the kids that just started in the gym. My nephew, he just, he's a, a purple belt jiu-jitsu. He wants to be a fighter. And I, and I tell him all the time, ask yourself, where you want to be a world champion and ask yourself everything that you do, if it, that's going to help you to become a champion, you know, even if you go out with your girlfriend, have a dinner at night, it's already 12 o'clock at night and you look in your time and say, is this is going to help me to be world champion? No, it's not. I have to go home. I have to sleep. You know, you, you put that mindset and you get it. Yeah, every decision you make, you have to look at, is this helping me get where I want to go or is this kind of keeping me a little further away from where I want to be? Yeah. yeah. And, and Glover, how's your school doing? How is your school? I loved seeing when you arrived back in Connecticut with your belt and everybody was greeting you. It was nice. I like that. How, 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 is, your, how is your school doing? They must be so happy you coming yeah. home with the belt. Oh, man, yeah. School, you know, we have a small school family everybody you know everybody know everybody i'm always talk with everybody over there it's it's beautiful man it's a motivation for um the young kids there that been training they want to be a fighters you know and uh you know now we have a couple other fighters fights in ufc here 
it's a you know it's a small town in Danbury here, and I I can see the more teenagers and more people serious about this, you know, about they want to they want to fight and they want to train, but the, the 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 main key is like take the kids and, and show them something, you know. It's not about like we're gonna be a champion or not, but I can see like that motivation that I give it to people. It fills me up, you know. You teach the classes over there, jiu-jitsu or anything? Or you... I teach I teach some class while I'm here, Matt. You know, I have all the guys, Kyle, who's teaching jiu-jitsu, but I love to be there and teach. Um, I like the grappling, you know? I like the grappling class because I go, I, I, I know I know it's the hardest thing to do, and I, I, love, I love to kill them when I'm with the Steve Marco's drill. You know Marco from Florida? Oh No, tell me about this drill. Oh man, he you know he go in the drills, man. He, he is a, is a killer, you know. It, so it's a bunch of drills, but it goes on and on and on. You know? So it's a drill that you go in, you take a guy down, he he get, he 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 turn on his foot right right away down, right. You take him down, he already turn his foot, get up, you pick him up, take him to the ground again, he get up. You pick him up, take him. The third time he get up, break the grip, and then he does it to you three times. And you guys keep doing for Matt. I'm telling you, is the hardest thing I've ever done. And when Steve told me to do that shit, I was like, Steve, are you out of your mind? Is it a certain takedown you're using? Yeah, kind of any takedown, but you're going to be on the guy's back. Just clenching and, pay, you know, just, just the, the drill to pick him up, you know. But in the shot, the first shot, you do any takedown, anything you want. I'll tell you, Glover, sometimes you're against that cage and I'll see you on a leg and I'm like, ah, oh, you might have to abandon that. And then all of a sudden, maybe that's where that drill comes into play. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit, he's getting him up. And you commit to that. And it looks like, you know, especially with a big, heavy guy like Jan. And, like, you're on that leg. Next thing you know, rah, you get it, you lift. I'm like, holy, where the fuck did that come from? Uh, I, everything you know i love hard work man uh the thing is this right i uh even when i was young right if i if i my mom give me medicine and if it tastes good i was like it's not gonna make me better it tastes too good to make me better so when she makes some crazy tea over there because we found a farm and it's bitter and it's horrible and then you want to throw up and my belief is like okay this is has to make you you feel better because it's true you know what i mean so that, means, yep. that means that for hard work you know when when he put me do that drill i was like i hate you you know this you fucking out of your mind but but then i keep doing it because i know it's gonna work you know uh, I'm like that. I, I, I get the, the, the hard work, the cardio, the, um, and they keep drilling. So are you good at eating foods you don't like, like things that you know are lean or vegetables or whatever you don't feel like eating, you know you're good at doing that because you know like this has got to be good for me because I'm not enjoying this. I used to be good doing that, but uh, right now I just like everything, man. I don't, I don't really, it's very like not much that I don't like. You know, I just yeah, eat everything. I'm doing the every every once in a while I do that fast fasting <laughs> twenty four hours twenty hours and then you you know whatever is on the table you eat after twenty hours you know and it tastes so good. Have you um do it like I know that um, you had been fighting for this for for a while you always believed you could get to the title, but was there a point in these last six fights where you saw like or these last five before the Blahush fight where you saw like wow 
this is this is achievable. This is reachable now. Was there a tipping point where you're like, I can really get here? Uh, was it after two wins or, or after the Krylov fight? Was there a point where you really believed it was within reach? Yeah, you got to get you. Uh, what are you doing that, that is messing those guys up, you know? And uh, me, it's the grinding, you know what I mean? The grinding, they keep going, they keep, they keep, uh, uh, and they're moving with the punches, you know what I mean? Before, it's too tight, and then, and then I, I want to I wanna finish it quick, and I want to uh, break the guy down quick, so it's too tense, too tight, right? But right now, I know it's the grind. I know they, they will break down. Because I know how hard I work in the gym. I know how much work I put, you know. And this is 42 years old, man. You know, I know that I go over there and I drill that thing for 25 minutes after, you know, after three rounds, four rounds of spar, and I go, let's drill for 25 minutes straight, you know. And uh, you dare do that. And I know because I know when I get there and they're going to do one round, two round, three round, four round. But when I... When you start going, man, get those guys down. They defend the one, they defend the two, they defend the three. I see that with uh, Jan Kutelaba, you know, where I first got his leg, man. I was there. That freaking guy. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> that freaking guy sprawled so hard that I think my face went to the floor. You know, like uh, he almost, uh, almost take me down by sprawling, you know. <clears throat> And the second one was weaker. The third one, I, I hear, oh, he, now he's not very strong anymore. And then he going, going, going. By the time uh, uh, he got me with some good shots, you know, but I stayed in his face. And by the time I got him to the ground, he didn't want to do it do anymore, man. He was too tired. The pressure was too much, you know, and he just wanted to get out of there. We have a, we have a picture after that fight. I was sitting yeah. with Peter watching that fight, and Glover comes up behind and puts me in a choke. Oh, yeah. I swear yeah. there's yeah. a picture with that. That was such a great fight. Florida. Yeah. 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 I remember that. And uh, it's funny because he's so explosive. And uh, next thing you know, all of a sudden you're getting mounted on him, and you saw him just once I saw you mounted, I'm like, oh, this guy has his from the waist down, he was dead. He wasn't doing anything. Like, oh, my, oh, this is done. And then yeah. and you got the head and arm choke, didn't you? Yeah, no, uh, uh, real Nick choke. Yeah, oh, it's so yeah. fucking great. That was that was a great one. That was great because again, man, perseverance. That didn't come easy. That guy, he was, and Jimmy, he did it. And he did the normal thing that he do, normally does. Uh, 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 what's his oh, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He walks across the cage. Glove is all, you know, he's so respectful. He comes across the cage. You think they know by now to step in the middle? But he goes right up into the face and he does the old. There's something up there with him. That Not guy. today. I got a, I got a short. The guy say it because I told them, you know, when, when he come now, I say, Not today. You know, and uh, the guy give me a short about, you know. Not today. I like yeah. that shit. That's yeah. something out of 300. And is your uh, is is it going to be Prohaska the year uh, is going to be your first uh, defense? Or you're not sure yet. Uh, I think so. I think that's what they're talking about, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm not, not sure because who knows what's going on. But like uh, uh, that's what he says over there. It looks like it's going to be him. Is there a time frame at all? Even though I know you guys aren't uh, haven't finished signing anything yet, but do you have your eye on a particular time, like a, a rough a rough estimate? Yeah, May, June, you know, that's what I say over there. I want, uh, I want this time to relax a little bit. Now I'm getting back uh, 
to train. I got to help a couple guys getting ready for fight. But, uh, man, I need a long, long camp now because I, I like long camp, you know. I like long camp because uh, I can't just explosive too much before. See, a lot of guys do there. I don't like it. A lot of guys, you know, they don't train. They kind of mess around. And six, six weeks, they go in. They go too much. I like to stay in very good shape. Very good, like, get, I like to start my camp and my weight, my uh, my techniques already set up, you know. Then I just do the, the camp. Uh, I feel time. You know, more than eight weeks? More than two months? What is it? My, my, my camp, uh, it lasts like, uh, I like to do 12 weeks because uh, it's a pre-camp, pre-camp, you know what I mean? Pre-camp kind of thing, like focus on running, focus on conditioning the body, and focus on, you know, sharpening some techniques with my coach a couple, a couple of times a week, no sparring, uh, maybe some grappling, because I like to get the, the grappling cardio, you know, you need it. Uh, you, I don't think you can get it in six weeks. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think you can get the max results in six weeks. If you're not grappling all the time, I don't think you can just go in and start grappling. You know what I mean? If you it's a get a guy's a different type of endurance, yeah. Get a guy that's wrestling, man. You know, it's he's gonna wrestle your ass off. You know, you get tired. Have you always done 12 weeks or is this something that you've done in the more recent years? I'm always training, you know, I'm always training, but uh, recently I started doing 12 weeks just like to click in, but it's very light and it was not light, but more conditioned for six weeks. And then I, I and then I stopped the uh, four or five weeks before the fight. I just don't do any condition. I just spar and I hit the pads and do some running, that's it, you know, uh, grappling a lot, and you know, that's five weeks, that's a fight thing, that's only I do a fight, I go in the gym, I spar five rounds, and I come back home, and I'm done for that day, you know, that's, that's when it comes like five weeks before the fight, done, I'm already done with all the technique, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to deal with it, you know, I go over there, spar, and come home, rest, now, what do you do to get your mind off the fighting? You're watching any shows? You read any books? What do you What do you like to do when you're? I don't really. Uh, my mind is not really uh, fighting too much, man. I'm just like, uh, I uh, I like to stay here home. I you know I have two cats, so I'm always brushing the cats. I'm always messing with the cats. I read a lot. I've been reading a lot. You know, I read a lot of books and uh, you know I go in the gym, hang out, talking. You know. What do you like to read, fiction or nonfiction? I like to read. I've been reading like uh, a lot of spiritual books now, man. It's been like a very, uh, like, a, you know, but like not crazy. A Power of Now is one of the books that I, uh, I read, like when I was fighting Anthony Smith and it's like make me, it really helped me focus, you know. And then uh, this guy have a bunch of books, too, that I read them all. Like if I have an author that's good, like this guy, I. Uh, Urquhart his name, the guy that wrote The Power of Now. So I read all his book, and then uh, I'm reading some right now that's a little bit, a uh, little bit, little too much, you know. But I, I like it. I like. It. I believe in all the stuff, you know. It's like uh, 
yoga um autobiography of a yoga yogi yeah so it's a, it's a good book <laughs> you know i got impatient reading because i'm so my attention is so crazy so i started doing books on tape and books on tape i love i can actually do those a lot easier i'm not good at focusing myself to read anymore my mind is just too all over the place uh, but the thing is the tape is like is the worst for me because uh like if I put this in like uh, you talk about yeah if I put this and I hear uh, it's like a music I'm all over the place right I'm I'm looking at the bird I'm looking at somebody in the street but and then if I read if I see the book I I I'm, I found it easy to get distracted you know yeah you focus better when you're actually reading yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah I like to read better because I kind of like focus better in there. <laughs> What about you, Matt? You you you've been teaching? You I'm, been the gym? I'm always at my school. I just gave two um awarded two black belts yesterday and a brown belt. It was so nice. My buddy Carmine, this police officer, Mike Sullivan, two black belts. I jujitsu changes lives. You know that, Glover. Hey. It's a beautiful thing. I got fighters underneath me, and one of my fighter girls. Uh, Lauren, she got her brown belt last night. She was crying, happy tears. I mean, I love just being at my schools, dude. I'm going to be there later. I got the kids class at five o'clock. I got my Sophia going in there. So I just, it's just a, that's my retirement. That's what I do. You know, it's a fun thing. You know, it's, it's good. You know, I love it. Yeah, it's great, man. You know, talk with people, you, 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 you teaching a person here, there. Like I say, I don't do the classes i don't have a class that i have to do it you know i'm gonna do this class every time but i'm always there like i come in the guys warm the kids up like i go in and i I'll say let me let's show the kids the the choke well, a lot of the times like in the fights you know like alex pereira fight you know he knocked the guy out with the flying knee so i go over there and i cheat there or my or, or my grappling or like my my fight the way i choke the guys so i like to cheat the kids there I go in, all right, guys, look how I choke my, I won the, my fight like this. The guys turn around, you know. It's, it's a good atmosphere. But, uh, yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. But I love it. I love it. I really do. I really like to, you know, hang out, talking. You you seem like you're that kind of guy. He's over there, like, talk with everybody. Every day. Every day. I got a few. I'm not. What's nice about now, we have a similar thing, it, it, it sounds like, is I'm, st- I'm at the schools, you know, five, six days a week. But uh, I get to, you know, I have a couple classes that are pretty much my classes, and I do a couple of 7 a.m. classes. But otherwise, I go in, I feel like teaching a beginner's class, I'll do it. Today, I'll probably teach the kids' class. I can pick and choose because everything's covered, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm always there, and the atmosphere is great. And again, man, you, you really, not to sound corny, but you really see people change their... Um, with their confidence and everything from losing weight. 100%. It's good. It's a positive thing to do. What do you do? When, they say when you retire, you die. So when I'm done fighting, what do you, I, I knew I wanted to do something that I love to do. So that's yeah. why I got my academy. So, yeah. I mean, we live similar lives, Glover. Except yeah, all the yeah. you. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta read it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's good. It's good it's life, man. It's good karma. Good. Yeah. Now look, it was uh, it's always good talking to you, Glover. And uh, uh, please, hopefully, before the the first defense, we'll get you again. Uh, I'm looking forward to that fight a lot. I hope it's against uh, 
Yuri, I think that's a great matchup. And again, I couldn't be happier for anyone than, than I was for you. It was so nice to see and, and, and such an amazing, and you had predicted you were going to do it. You had said, I want to go for the title. And uh, just to watch you do that uh, and, and you know get what you've gotten the last couple of years and win that belt was really, really incredible. So uh, congratulations again. I know we've thank talked you. to you since, but I'm really happy for you. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, guys. You know, always good to talk with you guys. Matt got that vibe, that good vibe, man. Look at this guy. This guys make everybody happy just walking in their room. Hey, Matt, I have one problem with the kids, man. They're what little is it? dragons. My little three years old to six years old, I cannot go in this class. Can I tell you? If I, I go, go ahead. If I go in there, no class. The guy cannot teach class because they all go, oh, I love it. I love the little kids. They're great. I start them seven years old. Some eight years old. When they're too little, it's too much of a romper room. I, I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but yeah. don't, and I love it. I love to get them started early. But I start them seven years old, eight years old. There might yeah. be a six-year-old that gets sneaks in there. But I deal. I can deal with that. Because otherwise, yeah. it's just it's a romper room. But we have a good time, man. It's so good for kids. Yeah. You know? It is. It is. Oh, they lose weight. They do. You know, man. It's amazing. It's Amazing. a beautiful thing. Ah, Glover, you're, you're a great human being, Glover. Everybody, there's not one person that could fucking say anything bad about Glover. Everybody loves you. Hey, man. Champion. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You're a nice guy. You don't get nicer than that. I mean, look. Everybody, I mean, Longo was saying it the other day. We, because we ran into him at, at Marab's fight. It was, and he's just sitting there with his, a, a, like a like a cap on, like a, a hat on. And he's we're like, oh shit, it's the champ. He's like, he's just sitting with everybody with his camps. He was he was cornering one of his fighters, and he's just such a laid back, down to earth guy. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of guy you want to see make it. Yeah, I was really happy Anthony for him. Yeah, he brought up that Anthony Smith fight, and when he brought that up, and it, 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 it's funny because the guy doesn't talk shit, and he's such a nice guy. I remember in that fight. If the weathering a rough first round, and then he has Anthony right. down, and he's beating him, and he just goes to him, "Hey man, sorry, brother, only business." Some <laughs> they had a nice little exchange on the on the floor, like, yeah. "Hey man, I don't know." He's such a great guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, even Anthony Smith liked him. Uh, what, yeah. what did Anthony respond? What was his response? Yeah, he, like he, he's like, "Oh no, I get it, man." Like, <laughs> and he gets it. Yeah, he's like, you know, <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> hey man, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, sir. Such a good time, Jimmy. I'm not going to yes. see talk to you until next week. No, hopefully I'll have my voice back by then. Oh, I hope so too, Jimmy. You listen, you made. I think you started off and I, like a little rougher, then I think it got better. I don't know what happened. I think you're good. Yeah, this was good uh, time, uh, Jimmy. What do you want to plug, man? Just gigs. February, I got New Hampshire, Boston, and Foxwoods, and then April, I'm in Washington D.C. I'll be adding more dates. So go to jimnorton.com. That's it. Uh, you know, Matt Sarah BJJ on um, Instagram. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I'm also on Cameo, Matt Sarah. I can sing you a happy birthday. Yes. I do that for you for nothing, though, Jimmy. Thank and you. uh, SarahBJJ.com. Uh, do get some, uh, get a Kimura Savage t shirt. And if you're around, you, you know, get an arm lock in. Jimmy, I'll talk to you probably over the weekend, my brother. Is there any fights this weekend or no? Um, no, next weekend. Oh, next okay. weekend. well, then we'll talk about that next weekend. Next week. Jimmy, I miss you already. Feel better. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you in a few days.